0: Hi, I'm Sylvia Flanagan, and thanks for lending an ear to Kickstarts, where I outline motivational principles and strategies, offer personal development and relationship tips, and discuss this sometimes complicated and wonderful thing called life. I'm a licensed therapist and motivational coach, and I hope what I share adds value to your day. The content in this podcast is educational and informational only, and is not, nor is it intended to be a substitute for seeking therapy from a licensed mental health professional. Let's talk about worry. The etymology of the word is Germanic and comes from the root to strangle and around approximately 1100 to 1400, it meant to seize by the throat and tear. Wow. We often refer to anxiety as a noun, but it becomes more of a problem for us when it's a verb. We all worry to one degree or another. I mean, everybody worries at some point about dying. It's part of the tension we hold as a consequence of getting to live. But luckily, most of what we worry about isn't so existentially daunting. And the good news, we can learn to worry less. So why do we worry? Worry comes about when an older part of our brain called the limbic system kicks in. It's the fight, flight, or freeze area I'm sure we all learned about in school at some point or another. The limbic system serves a really good purpose when it turns on at the right time. It's there to keep us alive. It gets activated if it thinks we're in danger. And all animals have a limbic system, and it and it works really well, let's say, for a cat when he sees a coyote and then up the tree, the cat goes to safety. Or if I'm home alone at night and I hear someone trying to get in my front door, you better believe that my limbic system is going to kick in and try to keep me safe. But humans can get wires crossed in the brain regarding everyday things, unlike a cat, because humans have beliefs and we make up stories that are often false about the future and this can cause our limbic system to activate when we're not in any real danger at all. The possibility of losing a job isn't equivalent to a mountain lion staring you down on a hiking trail, or your significant other possibly cheating on you isn't equivalent to someone chasing you down a dark alleyway. But like I said, the brain will often respond as if It's under threat and the limbic system gets activated. Our autonomic system turns on, cortisol gets released, muscles get tense, breathing changes, and you get the picture. And when the limbic system is active, the prefrontal cortex, which is the logical and rational part of the brain, goes into sleep mode and sort of takes a nap. They both can't be in charge at once. The prefrontal cortex involves thought and the limbic system involves reaction. When the limbic system is active quite a bit, there's also usually a reduction of chemicals needed to maintain a stable mood, which just means you might start to feel depressed. I don't have time to go into this much, but there's a medical term called neuro plasticity. And bear with me. And that essentially means that we have the ability at any age to restructure our brain all by ourselves, by choosing how we think. Just like you go to the gym if you want to change parts of your body by building up muscle, neuroplasticity comes about by choosing to think differently. And just like the body, it takes time before we see these results. In a nutshell, if we continue to focus on what we're worried about, we strengthen those thoughts in the brain and the associated crappy feelings, and the limbic system stays super active. Ick. If we intentionally start replacing anxious thoughts with more positive thoughts and rational thoughts, the limbic system calms down and the prefrontal cortex comes back online, so to speak, and the chemicals we need to feel good can start to do their job and get released. So moving on, worry and depression are distant cousins, but they can meet quite frequently. Worry is backed by energy, while depression is mostly a collapse and a resignation. So then the question becomes, so what do I do with this uncomfortable energy called worry? Well, you could do nothing each day and let your life get worse or who knows, maybe better if you're lucky, but I don't recommend that. First, it's important to get perspective and note that only a small percentage of what we worry about actually happens. Studies say about 8%. So those are pretty good odds and worth taking a deep breath over. And the 8% of stuff that will likely happen probably won't kill us. We may not like it, it might suck, and it might hurt, but we probably aren't in danger of dying from it. So first, it's good to take a good look to see if there's any real evidence that what you're worrying about is even going to happen. Chances are there's not. If you can't find any good evidence that what you're, what you're worrying and thinking about is going to happen, then start thinking more positively and rationally. And remember, this is the bedrock of neuroplasticity. When you're worrying about something that you're certain will happen or that's very likely will happen, you can put worry in check by reminding yourself that you'll be around to see it through and beyond. It's another opportunity to replace negative thinking with positive as it relates to the outcome. Thoughts like, I'll be okay. I can and I will get through this. I'm strong. It might hurt, but I'm capable. These thoughts might or statements might seem pointless in the moment, but they're changing your brain just like lifting weights will change your muscles. The second weapon against worry, and I can't stress this enough, is to act. Discipline yourself to be as focused and productive as you can in the face of your worry. When we're actively worried, it's common for concentration and focus to be difficult because remember the prefrontal cortex isn't able to do its job well. So have a strategy to keep yourself organized and engaged. If other parts of your life get messy, then things will probably get messier for you and you'll have more to worry about. Nobody wants that snowball rolling downhill. Don't let negative beliefs make you feel small or helpless. Act in the face of your worry and don't let it strip you of your agency or your power. Do your best to stay on top of things and ride the storm out. Feelings come and go, but the consequences of our action can have a lasting impact. Keep practicing at putting worry in its proper place. You got this.